I'm Mo Crum. And I'm Harrison Crum. And we're the Crummy Marathoners. This podcast is for beginners by beginners. If you're thinking about running your first marathon or half marathon or are in the process, this is for you. We realized as we were training that many resources out there expect people to know what they're doing when marathon training. Well, think of this as a marathon training guide for dummies. We'll go through many of the questions we have as we make our way through the beginning of our running journey and what we have learned. If we can inspire others to run a marathon, then we consider this a success. Hey friends, I'm really excited to do an episode that's outside of uh, our normal series uh, with Kayla. This is um, by popular demand. People wanted to hear about the half Ironman that I did. So it was in Maine uh, on July 30th and it was uh, it was awesome. I will get into it in depth here with a listener named Bob Kerwin. He's been listening to the podcast, reached out to me and said, hey, I'm doing that race too. So uh, he's awesome. You'll hear all about him and his story, but stick around to the very end because I'm going to do a Q&A from all of you who had questions about a half Ironman and it's uh, hopefully helpful. We get into all kinds of fun stuff in that Q&A. So thanks for tuning in and hope you enjoy the show. Hey, Bob. So great to finally connect with you. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing today, Harrison? I'm doing great. So, um, Bob, I, I'm calling you by by your screen name here on, on Instagram. Uh, how do you say your last name? It's Kerwin. Kerwin. Perfect. Awesome. And, and I know you're a listener of the podcast. You've reached out and um, had followed along. And it's funny because you were messaging me, I think, a, about a week or a few days before the, the half Ironman that I that oh, I should say that you and I both just did. And you said you're kind of nervous about it. And I was like, I was like, oh, well, you'll be fine. And turns out you finished an hour faster than I did, which is amazing. So <laughs> I wanted to invite you onto the podcast so we could kind of talk about the subject and go into to the race. I think it'd be fun for listeners to hear how it went, not only from me, but from a from a fellow listener. Awesome. Cool. Well, let's uh, let's get to know you a little bit, Bob. Where are you from? What do you do? What kind of hobbies do you have? All that good stuff. So, uh, I am 48 years old. I live in Uncasville, Connecticut, which is in southeastern Connecticut. Uh, I'm a painter by trade. I do that for a living. Uh, as far as hobbies go, uh, I don't do too, too much these days because I've been focusing on doing uh, training for triathlon and running and stuff. Uh, I do some fishing, stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I keep pretty busy with keeping active that's that's pretty much what i do now yeah cool well that that's fun to hear um tell me how you got into endurance sports uh well i have a kind of an athletic background i uh i ran as a kid my dad was a pretty successful marathon runner and both my brothers were uh pretty pretty elite runners in high school but uh I tried to hang, but I, I really couldn't, I wasn't built to be a runner. So I did, uh, I did the weight events in high school in track and field. And oh, cool. I focused more on basketball. I played basketball in high school than I played in college. And, uh, then I didn't do too much for a while as an adult, but about 21 years ago, I started running just to kind of control my cholesterol. And I was kind of getting a little overweight and, uh, I immediately just fell in love with running and, uh, 
I just kind of did it. I was kind of a middle of the packer. Uh, I just really enjoyed the training, honestly. And I just something I did, but, uh, about two years ago, I, I lost a bunch of weight and, uh, I've, my times have increased tremendously and, uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun. And, uh, do you want to know how I got into triathlon specifically or? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, real quick before we do that, I'd love to hear about how, uh, how you were able to increase your speed it sounds like losing weight but do you think i mean you said 21 years do you think that like how many of those years were spent just kind of building up your running base and kind of just getting used to running and then when did it really click for you after how many years would you say uh i mean for a long time it was just basically i was doing it a couple days a week and then uh I kind of had this an itch in 2014. I wanted to run one half marathon. That was my goal. Just I just want to do one, and uh, th- I've done 32 of them now. Uh, but it, it just kind of started to click a little bit then, and I, I saw that I could go from running uh, eight miles a week. I could increase that to 20, and then 20 came to 30, and just it just kind of increased like that. Yeah. Uh, and then. Uh, things just progressed from there and COVID actually was a, was a big thing for me. Cause I, uh, I got laid off from my job for, I don't know, four months maybe. And, uh, I just had a ton of free time and I was able to connect with some different running groups that were kind of secretly meeting, uh, during COVID. And, uh, I just started running a ton and, uh, just started learning a lot more. And I started listening to a lot of podcasts and, uh, got it in my head. I wanted to do a full marathon and, uh, things just kind of progressed from there. And then I, you know, lost the weight uh, about a year and a half ago, which I lost about 50 pounds. So wow. that was, that was huge. So how did you do that? What, what was your method? Uh, I just really, I, uh, I went to the doctor just for a physical and I was uh, 242 pounds. And he just said, he's a runner. So he gets it. He said, you know, we're kind of going in the wrong direction here with your weight. You know, uh, why don't you try, you know, losing some weight. And in the meantime, I had just been injured. I tore my articular cartilage in my knee. And that doctor also said I should probably try losing some weight before I had the surgery. And uh, so I did the physical therapy and uh, I just started watching what I eat. And then I hired a nutrition coach. And uh, once I was accountable to somebody, that's really what I need in life is to have somebody to be accountable to. Yeah. I didn't want I didn't want to disappoint her. And if I'm paying her, I, uh, I figured I was going to stick with it 100%. Mm-hmm. And I just, my diet wasn't that bad before, but I just really watched what I ate and just increased my protein intake. And, uh, I wasn't running as much. I was doing a lot more cross training mm-hmm. where the, the idea for a triathlon came in. And, uh, honestly, the pounds just like, just melted off me. It was incredible. So I'm, wow. I'm like, uh, I'm like 191, 192 pounds now. And how tall are you? I'm six foot two. Okay, cool. Wow. That's great. Great body composition. Um, and, and, and congrats on losing 50 pounds. I mean, that's just, I mean, sounds like you've really dialed in your, your nutrition and that's a, a piece that I think, um, at least for me, I'm, I'm definitely lacking and I'm, I'm working on, on this off season. So we can talk more about that later, but congrats on that losing 50 pounds has kind of has has made you healthier has made you faster it sounds like and then from there you leveraged this new speed into triathlons or have you been doing them for a while now 
Uh, triathlon. I just started actually my first ever triathlon was exactly a year ago last weekend. Uh, oh, wow. and I just, even before I did the first one, I started listening to some podcasts and doing a bunch of reading and I kind of had it in the back of my mind. I wanted to, to get into that eventually. Uh, and it just like, I just fell in love with the sport. I, uh, just everything about it. I was kind of, you know, middle of the packer runner kind of slowly moving up the ranks in the running but i knew i was never going to be that great but uh i figured if i could mix in a lot of people can't swim at all so i figured if i could swim decent i could kind of be a little more competitive and uh i could move up a little bit and it it was true so yeah uh, had you always been a good swimmer uh I never swam competitively. I lifeguarded for seven years when I was in my uh, teens and early 20s. So uh, there was no formal uh, swimming, but yeah, and I'm not a great swimmer. I'm I'm a decent swimmer, uh, but it's, uh, you know, watching a lot of videos and having a lot of friends that that swim and, you know, getting tips, just yeah. putting the time in. Yeah, for sure. So then at what point did you decide you were going to do a half Ironman? Uh even before I did my first triathlon, I kind of had it in my head. Like I'm like all or nothing with everything. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I just said, I, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do, I'm going to do a full Ironman is what my, my mindset was initially. And I just kind of looked at races coming up and put a schedule in my mind that I do a sprint. Then I would do an Olympic last fall. And this summer I would do a half Ironman. And then I've already signed up for Lake Placid full Ironman next, next summer. Oh, congrats. Good for you. Can't wait to hear how that goes. <laughs> That's going to be a, a lot of training. And, I, and I'd love to hear, maybe we have you back on the podcast after so we can hear the differences in training. Yeah, um, hopefully I stay injury free. <laughs> It, well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the, that's the battle always, but, um, that's one of the things I love about triathlons is that I feel like I can push my body harder than I can when I'm marathon training and I don't get injured because you're switching it up, you know? Definitely. Yeah. That's cool. So, so you, you've done some marathons, right? It sounds like you've done a bunch of half marathons. You've now done this half Ironman. You've got this goal to do the, the full marathon, uh, the full Ironman, um, I've never done an, I've never done a full marathon yet. I've, uh, my first one I trained for got canceled due to COVID. Oh, and then two years ago I was training for the Hartford marathon and about two weeks out, I just couldn't keep going. My, my knee was the articular cartilage was torn and it was just too painful. So yeah. I've never actually done a full marathon, but I am doing the New York city marathon this fall. Oh, that's awesome. Good yeah. for you. I, I, you may know this, but I did this, I did that race last year. It's, yep. um, a really, really tough course. Hopefully you get some good weather that day, and, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but I'll tell you the the course in, uh, in Augusta, Maine that we just did was also very difficult. So I think you'll be just fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about, let's talk about, uh, training for this half Ironman. Um, so, so just so everyone knows it was the Augusta, Maine 70.3 took place. Was it July 30th? Of this year? Uh, yeah, I think it was July 30th. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And uh, it was a nice day out. Beautiful day out. Um, great race, which we can talk about here in a second. But let's talk about the training getting up to that. How did you how did you train? Like what plan did you follow? Did you have a coach? Uh, how many hours per week were you putting in? Let's let's dive into all those details. All right. So I didn't have a coach. I initially had somebody lined up that I was going to coach me. Uh, she's a physical therapist in the area. And uh she decided she didn't want to coach me because uh, 
I was a little too, I, I, I trained too much. So she didn't want to, she knew I wouldn't listen to her. So, <laughs> so I just kind of went out on my own and I, I, uh, looked at a bunch of different plans online and just, uh, took a bunch of notes and just put a plan together that would work for me sure. and just went with that. And I, I did follow it for the most part. I had some, I, I ran a lot of road races, uh, during the, the spring. So that kind of fit into my, I tried to fit that into my schedule a little bit, but that would made you it say a little you train more on the bike run or swim. Uh, well, Back in December, I had a double hernia surgery, so that I was kind of like laid low for a little while. Oh wow! And my doctor there had me uh, not running much for a, for a little while, so I, I was in the pool right away. So I did a ton of swimming in the pool, and then uh, then right on the bike, I did a lot of stuff on the trainer, and then slowly worked uh, some running back in. And I, I didn't take as long off as I should have, but. Uh, I, I spent a lot, quite a bit of time on the bike. Yeah. What What would your average bike ride look like? How many days per week were you riding? Uh, I didn't get too crazy, like, overall mileage. Most of my bikes were in between 20 and 30 miles, uh, maybe three days a week. And then I was uh, I was running three, maybe four days a week, uh, maybe 20 to... 20 to 30 miles a week okay and then, and then swimming uh swimming was tough uh the pool availability around here is tough so uh the time slots were pretty limited so i uh as the spring came and everybody's excited to start swimming again it was pretty limited so i was looking forward to getting back in the uh in the lakes and stuff and i was yeah. doing that like i was doing like 2000 yards maybe 3 days a week okay so, okay. so nothing crazy. Nothing. Yeah, it's it sounds pretty manageable. So if you had to if you had to calculate the hours that you were training, I know it's probably hard on the spot. Um, about how many hours per week do you think you were training? Uh, let's see, seven, maybe fifteen. Some sometimes twenty. And I oh, wow. uh, I do weights. Uh, I I I lift pretty heavy, not super heavy, but I I work out three days a week. So if you add that in there, that's another three hours so yeah yeah somewhere around there I, I think that's probably about normal i would think okay yeah that that's that's great um well cool so so it sounds like i mean your splits were amazing on race day you what well, you everyone swam fast that day uh, so <laughs> the, the, the race started and it was in a uh, a river downstream and it was ridiculous how fast it was in a good way yeah um, what was your split on the swim uh, I was like 57 seconds or 56 seconds per hundred, which is yeah. like crazy. It's like Olympic level swimming, right? Yeah. I, uh, I passed the first, uh, the first marker and I could just see how fast I was going. And I immediately like backed off cause I figured I wasn't going to like use any more energy than I needed to. Yeah. Cause I was going, I was going so fast. Uh, <laughs> So the, the swim, the swim really was easy. Like I, I came out of the water and it really didn't affect me at all. I don't know how, how you felt, but yeah, I, you're absolutely right. I mean, what was crazy is you had to walk a mile to the swim. Yeah. And so I'd already had my wetsuit on. And then, so that, that was like, it's just more time on your feet, more, more anxiety, you know, and more time in like the sun. But although I will say it was it was just getting light out at that time. So we walked a mile down and then I, 
I've, I've always been very self-conscious about the way I swim and, and, and I get kind of nervous in the water. So I went back of the pack, but I yeah. didn't realize, cause I've only done smaller triathlons where there's a few hundred participants. I didn't realize how long it takes to get through 2000 swimmers. And by the time I started swimming, it was an hour after the start of the race. Yeah, that's crazy. How, where did you line up in the swim? I was in about 15 minutes behind the pros. Okay. And I, I just kind of tried to self-seed. I, I thought I was too far back because it, it seemed like it took forever for me to get in the water. But my wife was tracking and she said it was like 15 or 20 minutes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What's funny is the different, the, 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 vari- the variance between the pros and, and back of the pack and the swim was not very long. I mean, I, I finished in like 19 minutes. I know the fastest guy finished in like 15 or 16 minutes. So normally in a normal race, it would be much different, right? The pros are finishing in 20 something minutes and, you know, I'm finishing in like 40 something minutes probably. So yeah, some of the pros didn't like that. They, uh, they were complaining about that on their social media that it's, uh, it's, there's not an advantage to the good swimmers. Yeah. It's kind of, it's, it just equals everybody out. But, uh, but they knew that going in, they knew that it was going to be downriver. So that's what they signed up for. Exactly. And, and I think that's the key with any marathon or any triathlon for anyone listening. I, I think you, you really should study the course before you sign up. Um, and sometimes you just sign up because of, the schedule. And that's exactly what I did. I mean, I, I was supposed to do the one in Arizona in October and then we have a baby coming. So I just, with the timing, I wanted to move it up a couple months or a few months. And, um, the, that July date just worked out perfectly for my schedule, which is why I booked it. But going from Arizona to Maine certainly was not convenient. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I think it's important to study the course to figure out where are you going to have an advantage and, and where are you not? Like if you're not a great swimmer and you're really nervous about it, a, a downriver swim would be a great place to start. I think. Yeah. So, uh, cool. So yeah, so the swim was awesome. Sounds like you finished you and I probably somewhat in the, about the same time. You, you were probably a few minutes ahead of me. And then from, from like the transition, I normally in T1, T1 meaning kind of that first transition from swim to bike, I normally take about a minute and a half maybe two minutes. This took me like seven or so minutes. What about yeah, you? Yeah, that hill, that hill climbing, it was, what was it, like a, a third of a mile or something had, uphill? <laughs> had to have been, yeah. It was this long uphill kind of, kind of just this weird kind of, because you had to get out of the river it on back to where the bikes were and it was far away. Yeah. yeah so that, that was, took me forever. That was nuts. <laughs> and then, um, so, so the bike, now what kind of bike do you have? Do you have a, like a, a, a tri bike or do you have a regular road bike? I have a, I have a nice tri bike. Okay. Yeah. How much of a difference do you feel having a tri bike versus a road bike makes in a triathlon? Uh, for me, it made a big difference. My first triathlon I did was on a, a road bike that I had just bought used off of somebody, and it was a little small for me. Mm. And uh, I mean, I could I could I could ride it decent, but uh, guys that I knew that were experienced immediately said, "You need to get a new bike." And I, a friend of mine was selling his, his older bike, which was a 2019. And uh, I bought that from him. And I mean, it was like night and day, just the way it felt. And I enjoy being an arrow, like that's comfortable for me. So, I mean, it's like riding on a rocket. It's, it's amazing. That's, that's cool. I I can't wait for that day. I'm, I'm, I'm just saving up the pennies and I want to get a, a, a tri bike because uh, for that same reason, but I've also been kind of hesitant because I'm really comfortable on my road bike. So I've heard it can be kind of a, an adjustment. 
Yeah. And, and climbing the hills on the, on the tri bike is a little, a little bit of a disadvantage, especially in Maine. A lot guys were passing me climbing and then I would pass them back again. But, yeah. uh, so yeah, it depends on the course too, but o- overall, I think a triathlon bike is definitely faster. So for anyone listening who doesn't know what that is, cause you know, a lot of listeners of this podcast are not interested in triathlons, but I think it could be interesting to hear about what is, uh, a, what's different about a triathlon bike versus a regular road bike, which is what I think people are used to seeing in like Tour de France. Yeah. So a triathlon bike is slightly angled more like down towards the handlebars. So you're, you're more in a aerodynamic position, like it's putting you in that automatically. And then, uh, they're designed with the aero bars. I mean, if you kind of can picture that if you don't know what it is. So you're kind of like almost laying down a little bit on the, on the front end of the bike. Yeah. Uh, and your legs are almost in a different position too, right? Like the way that you pedal is not as much of a up and down. It's kind of more forward and back. Or, yeah. Or no. You're using a different, you're using your, uh, if you're pedaling correctly, which I don't always do, you're using more of your, uh, your hamstrings more. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it's a, a different motion a little bit. Not much though. I mean, it doesn't oh, okay. feel that much difference to me. Gotcha. It's really, really the aerodynamic situation is, is what helps you. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I, I've got it on my bucket list to go out and get a, um, a fitting done. So I know what to look for. Cause yeah. I, I certainly want to buy one used. I mean, a new tri bike can cost what? Five, 10, $15,000. Um, yeah, the, but, the, the the really nice ones are twenty twenty thousand plus now. It's crazy. <laughs> crazy. So yeah, I I'd, I'd certainly like to buy a used one. Um, and I but before you can even do that, you've got to know your size, right? I mean, you've got to know exactly yeah, what I, to look for. I I bought mine from my friend, and he convinced me that it was the right size for me. I probably should get professionally fitted to get my seat adjustment. But like like you said about your road bike, I'm very comfortable on the bike, so. Uh, I mean, to me, that's that's the most important yeah. thing: being comfortable. Yeah, it works for you. So, what was your split on the bike? So, just so everyone knows, fifty-three, no, fifty-six miles. Um, and by the way, this course was really tough. There was my my Strava said four thousand feet elevation gain. I know the official course documents said like fifty-two or fifty, or sorry, thirty-two or thirty-three hundred. What did what did what was your experience? Was did your Strava or Garmin say something around there? Yeah, I think it was right about where where you were at. I think that's from all the stuff I read online. That's pretty much what everyone said, right around four. Yeah, which is insane for fifty six miles, right? Like that's it's a lot of climbing. It, um, it, de- it definitely was was hilly. Yeah, well, and I come from a flat area, but but what was your so what was your split on the fifty six mile bike ride? Uh, I don't remember exactly what my overall time was for the bikes, but my split was, I was just about 21 miles per hour. Okay. Uh, which for that course is pretty good. My, my goal was to be over 20 miles per hour. So cool. So, so you had to have finished in like maybe two and a half hours somewhere around there. Yeah. Probably around there. Yeah. Okay. Whereas I, I took about three hours and 20 minutes. Uh, I think I was somewhere around 16 or 17 miles an hour. So quite a, quite a big difference there. Um, and in the first half of the bike, I was really strong. Um, like I was, I was averaging 20 miles an hour or so. Uh, yeah, that so was, was, that was fast. <laughs> yeah. I was excited, but then the second half of the, of the race really got to me. I don't know about for you. So, 
uh, some of the pros were even commenting that that was the hilliest bike course that they had ever ever biked on but i think a lot of them are from areas like you're from whereas uh here in connecticut it's it's hilly so i'm pretty used to training on hills so sure i definitely thought it was hilly but it wasn't as bad as i had imagined uh but it was it it was fun i i I had a ball on on the bike course i was laughing a lot of times just some of those coming down the hills and yeah just overall it was it was a really nice course i thought it was it was it was um it was a lot of fun on the downhills and and i'm a little heavier than the average triathlete i would say i'm i'm about 200 pounds uh six foot and so i on the downhill was flying and so there would be people i would i would get they'd pass me on the uphill but then i'd pass them on the downhill yeah um just because of my weight you know and, and shifting forward and i would just cruise i i didn't even pedal because i couldn't it, honestly if i tried pedaling it wouldn't even take because i was going t- too fast and and that was tons of fun, um, but yeah, those it was just a constant uphill, downhill, uphill, downhill. That climbing just at the end, my legs were fried. Yeah, um, <laughs> but, but it was fun. And and I, I I back to what you said about people complaining online about the swim and how fast it was and how you know if you're going to do a triathlon, you need to have a challenge and that sort of thing. And I'm you know I'm thinking to myself, well, anything you gained on that swim, you lost on that bike ride. Yeah, for overall time, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So then the end of the bike came and, uh, it was time to run. Uh, how was your experience on that run course? I started off really, really strong. My first, uh, four miles were like a seven twenty pace, which is is way too fast for me to go. Uh, and I started getting a little cocky in my head thinking, Oh, I'm pretty good at this. And then uh, God gave me a little uh, reality check, and I got two, uh, I got hamstring cramps in both my hamstrings at the same time. Oof. So I've had them before in one hamstring, and you can kind of stretch it out, but when it's two at the same time, it kind of makes it interesting. So yeah. I, I had to stop there and just kind of stretch out a little bit, and then I started jogging again, and I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be a long, you know, seven miles or whatever. And uh I just got going again and I toned it back a little bit and uh, I did have to pull up a couple times and, and walk through the water stops to, uh, to stretch out a little bit. But I think uh, I still finished the uh, half marathon was a one forty one forty eight I think, which, nice. which, which for me is, is pretty good. Yeah. That's somewhere like eight minute average or so. I'm just guessing. Yeah. Just, over, um, just over eight. Yeah. Awesome. But, well, good job. But I, the run that, course was cool. I was, uh, with the exception of that hill on mile 10, uh, yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. It was, it was really nice. It was shaded. It was through kind of some trails. I, I, I thought it was beautiful. The whole course was beautiful. Honestly, it very well done. Ironman always puts on a good event. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. That, that hill on mile 10 was straight up for a mile or so. And it was, it was pretty close to a mile, I think. Yeah. I, I I thought for sure it was going to be just like a little uphill and then turn back and then go back to the to the finish and no I mean it kept going and going and going. Um I I did a fair amount of walking on that. I think I I think my split on the run was just like 2 hours and 8 or 2 hours and 9 minutes or so. Um so yeah, I I I definitely so when I did my first half Ironman, my run was way faster. Uh I think I finished under 
in, in 150 something i don't remember but but yeah it was a tough run course and, and i had already been kind of battling a little bit of a, a calf injury yeah um so that can happen but but overall awesome race so um what was your what was your biggest takeaway uh i think you and i kind of struggled there together but maybe walked away with different things what what was your biggest takeaway from that race uh, I thought overall it was fantastic. Like you were saying, Iron Man puts on a, a great product. Uh, like, for example, in the run, the the support, the water stations, what they had available was uh, I've never seen anything like that. Yeah, uh, that was great. Just just the whole experience, uh, the whole weekend. I, I I felt special. I felt like, uh, do you know what I mean? It was like, yeah. It, it, they they put on such a good product that it's uh it was just enjoyable everything they did uh it it definitely made me want to do more i i mean (laughs) i didn't think oh i'm done doing this sport now i immediately signed up for lake blasted within two days after so yeah nice yeah they 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 really get you hooked uh they're not cheap events i think the half iron mans are about 400 bucks and the full what did you pay for lake placid uh, I got the early discount, so it was uh, my wife's listening to this, so she's gonna find this out for the first time. But it oh, was probably... oh, you don't have to say. You don't have to. No, say. that's okay. It's like eight hundred and fifty dollars or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it makes sense. Just double the yeah. double the number. Yeah. Yeah. It, but, and, but and you know not... what? People people look at that and they say, "Oh, I would never spend that on a race." Or how? Why would you pay that when you could just go out for free? And and absolutely, you could go out for free. You could ride your bike and you could run and swim and all that, but. Here's the thing, like you said, it, it's the whole thing, the whole Ironman village, the the event, the the support on the course, not to mention closing down the roads and the police officers and the staff and everything involved. I mean, you, you definitely get what you pay for. Uh, I never have felt from one of those races as though I was being price gouged. I, I felt as though, man, maybe I should have probably paid a little more for this. So yeah. I know that sounds cheesy to say, but but really it is it is worth it, in my opinion. Yeah, if you figure, I, I have some friends that are race directors, so they just for ro- road races, and they've broken down the prices. So if you figure you add in the boat support they need on the water, all yeah. the, all the road closures, what they have to pay for the police, the fire departments, I mean, th- th- there's a lot of expenses, just uh, permits, everything. So totally, that is what it is with that. Yeah, yeah, they they they, they get a little crazy with some of the add-ons and things and merchandise and that's probably how they make a lot of their money but yeah um, and the branding i mean the iron man brand is is so strong i think people tattoo it on their calves it's so fun to watch when you're riding the bike or on the run look down at people's calves and they've got that iron man tattoo yeah (laughs) (laughs) but uh well cool what what a great what a great event it was fun to share it with you although we didn't ever cross paths on the course i don't think i i don't recall seeing you 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 were so far ahead of me that i would have never seen you um (laughs) where did you line up in the in the bike uh uh what do you even call that the bike station which by the way for anyone who's never done a triathlon this is a sight to see two thousand bikes lined up probably millions and millions of dollars worth of of bike value oh yeah it's crazy to, to just see everybody lined up there um where were you in relation to like the entrance or the exit i was right over near the uh the bike in and out area or yeah by the bike in and out area kind of where oh, the i was near where the pros were oh, okay i was gonna say that's right where the pros were so what was that just you signed up early enough or you had a fast like qualifying time or, or how does that do you have any idea how that assignment works 
I'm not sure exactly. I, I'm part of a, a triathlon club in Connecticut called Heat. It, and uh, they said that they kind of put the triathlon clubs in the same area. So maybe that's how I ended up over there. But okay. it was, And I did sign up early. So I, I but it, definitely nothing to do with time because I, I don't think I submitted any kind of a time. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I was on the um, the furthest wall of like the furthest rack closest to the where like the exit is but it was kind of nice because i didn't have anyone on the opposite side of me because the opposite side of me would have been just the barricade yeah so it felt yeah, a little more spacious and we, um, we were very crowded we, like yes. it was especially trying to set up in the dark yeah it was uh it was tricky because i mean it was so crowded over there but yeah well and then it and then it rained and everyone's bikes were wet and that was an interesting thing yeah um well, cool. So it sounds like you've got a plan for what's next. I'd love to have you back on the pod to hear more about the full distance Ironman. Uh, any any tips or, or tricks for listeners who are maybe just thinking about doing a triathlon for the first time? Uh, you just got to put the time in. It seems kind of monotonous at times. Uh, and you don't have to be that great at each specific uh, discipline. Like, you know, if you're not a strong runner or you're not a strong biker or swimmer, it's, uh, it all kinds of averages out and it's, it's so much fun. It really is. Uh, and the level of competition is it varies so much. There's people out there d doing it on mountain bikes that are just, you know, they're borrowing equipment. It's the community is, is, is unbelievable. I thought the running community was great. The triathlon community is even better. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think some, in my opinion, I think some triathletes can be a little, um, how do I say this? Uh, like, <laughs> like a little overbearing, like a little too intense, you know, a yeah. little too opinionated and like full of themselves, but that's with any sport, right? There's, yeah, you're like going to see that well. anywhere. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you're right. I mean, people are generally willing to help and just really passionate about it. And, and it's so much fun. So um well bob it's been it's been a pleasure getting to know you a little bit talking to you i know listeners will enjoy hearing your experience and um it, you know there was a there was a piece of um information that i that i think we left out that i wanted to touch on and um and, and that was kind of some some more of you know you sharing that you were a recovering alcoholic and yes and i don't know if you wanted to talk about that and uh and share that with listeners. Sure. I, we, we could do a whole episode on that, but I'll try to keep it brief. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I was a social drinker for years and, uh, suffered from some bad anxiety and depression and was self-medicating myself pretty good for quite a while. And I was still running through all that. Uh, but that's probably why my running times were never that great. Cause you know, constant state of dehydration. Yeah. Uh, and in 2019, I just, uh, my wife urging me to slow down, I decided I was going to quit. And, uh, so I quit cold Turkey and, uh, had some severe withdrawals. I had a, had a, a seizure. I was in the hospital for a while for that. And, uh, then I ended up checking into rehab a detox facility and, uh, that was about four and a half years ago, and uh, I haven't had a drink since then. Oh, that's fantastic! Yeah, it's 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 a topic that's near and dear to my heart. I've had some family members affected by that disease, and um, I, I don't drink myself, but uh, I am very empathetic to people who do. And um, I, I'm really I'm really happy to hear 
that you've been sober for so long and and would you say that endurance sports have helped in that process of becoming sober yeah it's given me another uh it's given me something to like i have an addictive personality obviously uh so it gives me something to focus my mind on like uh you know just the the training i i enjoy training and uh i just become i'm I'm all in i just i i'm all in and my life is just so much better in so many other areas i I lived a double life for so long being an alcoholic i uh i held a position in my church and i I had to step down from that for a while because uh obviously i was doing this all in secret really yeah uh it's just the mental strain of uh of being alcoholic is was tough and it was yeah. tough on my family. I mean, I have adult children now. They're 20 and uh, 21, but they, uh, it was tough. I had to lie to them. I had to lie to my wife. And uh, my life is just so much better. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that. And hopefully that's a motivation for anyone else out there listening to make that change. Um, again, thank you for your time. Thanks for sharing your story. And uh, if anyone wants to connect with you online, how can they do so? Uh, I'm trying, I'm trying to think what my Instagram is. I'm not sure. Uh, I've got it. I've got it pulled up here. It's Kerwin, K-E-R-W-I-N and then Bobby, B-O-B-B-Y, all yeah. one word. And then uh, on Facebook, uh, if you just looked up my name, that's, I'm probably the most active on, on Facebook. Cool. Uh, and just, it's, uh, Bob Kerwin, K-E-R-W-I-N and I, I'm on there. So that's, uh, yeah, I'd love to connect with anyone or if anyone had any, uh, uh, questions about triathlon or uh or getting sober i i enjoy like my ex- passing my experiences on to other people so yeah awesome well thank you so much for sharing that and uh hey have a great have a great rest of your sunday and take care all right i appreciate the time absolutely thanks bob all right thanks harrison take it easy you too all right bye Hey everyone, I'm sitting in my car about to go to the gym and I figured this would be a great time. I've got some minutes to myself here to do a Q&A from the half Ironman that I did. So uh, here we go. I have not looked at these questions and thought about them. So I'm just going to pick a few and, uh, and read them out. So let's start with, all right, how do you travel with a bike for an Ironman? This is a great question and one that I was really probably the thing that I was most concerned about with doing uh, an Ironman that was far away. And so what I did is I went to my local bike shop. First, I started before that I started looking online for like bike cases and they were really expensive. They're like five, six hundred dollars for a decent one. And I thought that was a little excessive. So I went to the bike shop to see if they had any. And they said, yep, they're really expensive. But for a hundred bucks, we'll pack it up for you. And I thought that was a win-win because I figured I don't even know how to take my bike apart. They could just do it for me, package it up, and they did. So that was great. Took it on the airplane. Southwest charged me a $75 fee each way. Um, That was kind of a bummer, but it is what it is. And yeah, just plan for it. Okay, so that's how you travel with a bike on an airplane. Um, Use a bike box. Okay, so let's go to the next question here. How many times did you poop yourself? Yeah, uh, never. That's always a struggle when you're on the race for six hours. Um, but no, that didn't happen. Uh, I did have to go to the bathroom one time, and that was in between transition from bike 
to run, I just ran into the Porta John that was in transition. Uh, Iron Man does a really nice job of putting um, porta potties inside of like the bike corral. So that's cool. Any tips for a runner who's interested in triathlon but's intimidated by the swim? I've got a bunch of tips because that's always been my biggest concern with triathlon. Um, let me start here. One, you've got to spend a lot of time in the pool. And I mean, get out there until you feel comfortable. You need to be able to swim. This is just my own opinion. Nonstop for at least 45 minutes, 30 to 45 minutes, if you're going this distance without any assistance, no snorkels, no fins, no nothing. You need to be able to just go back and forth without like, you know, pushing off super hard on the on the walls, because that's what I did to build a lot of confidence in my ability to swim. Um, then once you feel like you've got that under control, and by the way, the breathing part is I think the hardest for most people, because if you're running marathons, or you know, you're you're a runner consistently, you probably have the endurance to swim, you probably need to build a little upper body strength. But it really comes down to the breathing because it's kind of opposite of running where um, when you're swimming, you're going to you're going to breathe in with your mouth as you kind of pop your head out of the water to the side. And then you're going to breathe out with your nose. Now, some people breathe out with their mouths. It just depends on what you're comfortable with. Um, I kind of do a combination kind of depends. But uh, so once you get comfortable with the breathing and with the long distance swimming, then you want to get out in the open water and you have to take a buddy or at the very least take like a floaty device. They make these little inflatable bubbles that you can take. Um, and they not only make you visible, but they help you like if you wanted to hold on to it, if you got tired, but please take a friend, someone on a canoe or someone sitting on like the shore who can watch you and don't go too far out. Um, but go far out enough to where you can't touch the bottom of the lake or, you know, wherever it is, wherever it is that you're uh, swimming. Um, once you've got that under control and you're like, okay, I can swim in the open water and I can, you know, not freak out. Then you really want to make sure that you're comfortable swimming really, really, really slow. So I'm going to give you a quick example here. Uh, when I did my triathlon, uh, now I guess it was like a month ago, a month and a half ago in Flagstaff, I, I knew coming like off of a year without swimming, or maybe even more, uh, I knew that I was going to be uncomfortable in the water. And that was the biggest thing I was concerned about. The bike, not worried. The run, not worried. The swim, I was so worried. Um, so this brings me to my next tip. Get a wetsuit. If, 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 the, if the race, more than likely, most races are going to be wetsuit legal, or at least you're allowed to use it. You just maybe can't qualify for like worlds or whatever that's fine. If, if you're in my boat, you're probably not going to be shooting for that anyway. So, so wear a wetsuit because it's going to help you float, get a good wetsuit. Good. It's a great investment. It's not something you want to skimp out on. Um, something that really, it, you know, it's legal to use in a triathlon, but that helps you float. I mean, I'm not kidding. When I get in the water, my feet pop right up and I'm completely like buoyant. So that's great. Um, but what I did is, so this race in Flagstaff, I went in the water the day before in the, the lake. And I said, okay, I'm going to go do some swimming and just to kind of get comfortable, get my head in the zone. And the first 10 seconds in that water, I thought, there's no way I'm doing this race. I just started panicking. But you know what? That was really good because I got it out of the way right then, the day before the race. 
So that leads me to my next point, which is try to get in the water, whether it's the day before or the morning before, uh, try to get in the water so that you're, you're comfortable with it. So then what I did the next day on race day, I went in the water right before the race and some races won't allow this, but the Flagstaff race did. And I just, I got in the water. I let myself float. I swam really slow for like five minutes, just in the water close to the, where the dock was, where the race was starting and just got really comfortable with, uh, with, you know, filling the cold water and getting my breathing down and just kind of taking out that shock of being in the water. Last tip here, actually two more. <laughs> I know I'm going on, on at length here, but I think this will be helpful. So when you start the race, don't run into the water, don't dive into the water, don't go super fast because you don't want your heart rate skyrocketing. The best thing that I do for myself to avoid panicking in the water is I go really, really really slow at first, almost to the point where it would be the equivalent of me crawling on the ground uh, if I were walking and and just really get your breathing down. Don't worry about anyone around you. And if you need to go back of the pack, that's what I do. Back of the pack doesn't matter because you're not judged when the gun goes off. You're judged when the uh, when you cross that that line. And so I go back of the pack and I go really slow, get my breathing in check, make sure I'm in a good, uh, good, good zone, good, good flow. And then slowly I start increasing my power and my speed and I'll slowly start increasing only when I know, okay, I've got this down. What I don't do is I don't look ahead too much. I mean, you've got to look ahead to sight to make sure you're not like going in a zigzag, but I don't dwell on it. I'm not like, oh my gosh, look how far I have to go. I go one buoy at a time. Okay. This first buoy in front of me. All right. Boom. I made it one more buoy. And I just go one buoy at a time. I don't let my mind think about anything else other than breathing and buoy. Sometimes I'll sing myself a song, whether it's, um, this sounds really cheesy, but for some odd reason, Battle Hymn of the Republic, uh, glory, glory, hallelujah. That song came to my head and I was singing that last time. Sometimes I'll sing like the national anthem, which is super weird. I know, but it works because it takes my mind off of the craziness of hundreds of people around you splashing around and being in the water. And what you realize is you've got this. And and here's the mantra that helped me get over it all. And I will use this for the rest of my life. And it's I've said this on on one of the podcasts with Kayla, but if when I was really nervous before the Flagstaff race, the thought came to my mind, what would you do if you could not fail? And I don't know why that thought came to my mind, but it did. And it was life-changing because if I knew I could not fail at anything I did, guys, there would be no limit to what I would do. I would try everything, do everything. My life, I, I would have no fear and I would do everything, right? And I would be successful because I could not fail. And the same thing applies to swimming, but now change it to what would you do if you knew you could not sink? And well, man, if I knew I could not sink, I wouldn't be afraid of the open water. I would do half Ironmans. I would do Ironmans. I would do everything I could in the water. Now, remember that with your wetsuit, if you've got a good one, obviously you're not going to sink. There's no possible way. Like it's not going to let you sink unless, I don't know, you're holding onto a rock or something. But just remember that you're not going to sink. You're going to be fine. And there's canoes around you. There are 
you know, lifeguards, there's people watching. And if you really, really, really needed to panic and back out, you could, but you're not going to need to. So just remember that you're not going to sink. So if you let yourself remember that, you just keep moving forward and you'll finish the, the swim. All right. I know that was really long, but I hope that was helpful to people who are intimidated by the swim. Please don't let that be the deterrent because once you overcome it, you're going to feel so proud of yourself. All right. Uh, what's next? Will you do a full Ironman? Uh, what's the cost involved these races? I would love to do a full Ironman. I am not willing to make that sacrifice while my kids are real little because I know that it's going to require 15 to 20 hours a week of training and I just don't have that time because my full-time job is already very, very, very busy. Um, I'm already away from the kids a lot. So I am not willing to do that yet. We have a baby that's coming hopefully in a few days or a week or two. Um, so I'll update you all on that, but that's someday, maybe five to 10 years from now, I'd love to do that. Um, so some friends and I were doing Ironman, the half Ironman in Oregon, uh, Salem, Oregon next year. So if anyone out there wants to join, um, hit me up or don't even hit me up, just sign up and do it. That'd be awesome. Um, would love to see you there. Uh, so that's, that's what's next. As far as the cost, half Ironman's about 400 bucks. Uh, an Ironman I think is between 800 and a thousand bucks. And it really depends on when you sign up. I know it gets more expensive with time. So Start saving your pennies if this is something you want to do. Uh, and uh, But I know it's it's a little bit of an expensive uh, deal. But as we, I talked about with um, Bob that you'll hear on this episode, uh, it's, it's, worth, it's worth it. How do you... Okay, a lot of poop questions. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to answer that one. Um, how is the split? I thought it would be all the swimming, then cycling, then running. I don't quite understand the question i think what they're saying is how what's the order and so it goes swim then bike then run and um, my splits were for this particular race it was about 20 minutes for the swim which by the way uh i'm never going to be that fast again in my life that was just a fluke because the river had such a strong current which is awesome um and i guess going back to the question about what tips would you have for someone afraid of the swim maybe find a swim that's got like a down river um uh, swim because you're not even really gonna have to use much swimming i mean i don't know maybe i'm oversimplifying it but that downriver swim really helps um as far as this the bike i believe it took me somewhere around in three hours and 20 minutes or so it was kind of in that ballpark um and then the run took me about two hours and 10 minutes i think so um and the run is a half marathon the bike is 56 miles and the swim is 1.2 miles um Man, a lot of people wanting to get intimate here, want to hear about all the chafing. Uh, <laughs> I I know this is just a joke, but here's the thing. Chafing is a real thing. Um, take Vaseline, have it in your transition, put the Vaseline on and reapply as needed. Maybe you don't chafe. You'll know from your training runs. So wear your tri-suit, which is the you know suit that you wear. Um wear that in some training runs so that you can get an understanding of where you're going to be chafing and then come prepared. So hopefully that answers that question. How does it compare to a full marathon? All right. I guess it depends on the course and how challenging it is. I found this particular race to be about on par with how hard a marathon is. Um, when I finished my half Ironman in Tempe, Arizona last year, I could tell you definitively 
that a marathon is harder. But I don't know that I feel that way anymore. I think that course one was easier, the Arizona course. Um, and I got lucky on a day that it wasn't super hot because I know that course can be really hard if it's a hot day. Um, I, I also, you know, didn't have to do the swim. And so uh, because I, I didn't have to do the swim, I think that was like another hour of between transition and swim and getting ready for the swim and all that, maybe even hour and a half that I didn't have to be at the race uh, and on my feet and kind of, kind of moving around. So, so maybe it felt so much easier because that part wasn't part of it. And so, um, anyways, that's your answer. I, I think it depends on the, the difficulty of the course, but I would say they're about equal, uh, in difficulty. Uh, and, and it also, again, depends on how hard you push yourself. If you went really, really slow, I could see how, um, I could see how one or the other might be easier. So again, totally depends on what you put into it and how challenging the course is. But I will say, man, if it's an easy half Ironman course, a marathon could definitely be harder if it's a hard marathon course. How many marathons should you run before a 70 miler? Well, I, I think if you realize that this was not an ultra marathon, I didn't, it was not all running. It was kind of split up. You know, I, I really don't even think you need to have completed a marathon to do a half Ironman. I think if you're at least comfortable with a half marathon, then you could definitely do this. But you've got to get a bike and you've got to be able to dedicate, you know, a good solid two to three months. Um, if you're already in running shape, you know, you've got to be able to dedicate probably actually more like three to four months of solid training to get comfortable on the bike and swimming and all of that. Did you run the entire time? How many miles did you walk, if any? Uh, great question. I, I walked a little bit on some of the uphills because, um, I was completely exhausted. Uh, other than that, I didn't walk a whole lot. I walk, I, I always walk through aid stations cause I want to make sure I'm getting a good drink. And at triathlons, they have really great aid stations. I want to dump ice on my head and, or put ice in my shirt and all that kind of stuff. But, um, but yeah, I did walk a little bit. I was battling a little bit of a calf injury. And so there were times where it started to feel really tight or hurt a little bit. So I'd kind of slow down and walk. Um, but it was never more than, you know, 30 seconds at a time. Uh, so when you ask the question, how many miles did you walk? Uh, probably collectively one, maybe, um, of the 13.1 or maybe a little less than that. But uh, I tried to, I tried to at least keep in a, a, a decent slow jog, um, throughout. Any glaring changes for training or race day you want to make? Um, I would say, you know, one one regret I had from this race was that I did that Flagstaff race a few a couple weeks before. I, I should have spaced it out a little more. I don't regret doing the race in Flagstaff because I think it mentally it got me where I needed to be. But I went too hard. You know, I'm, I'm the type of person where if I put myself in a race environment, I don't know how to not go hard. And so that was a challenge for me because it, it, it kind of bit me in the butt because I, I, I injured my calf and, and I just went too hard. And I felt it on, on race day during Flagstaff. And I, I knew I had done it and I just kind of pushed through it. So, um, yeah, that, that's probably the change I'd make next time is just either go way lighter, softer, um, or just don't do it that close to prior to my big race. Um, what's the goal for Tempe? Well, I'm not doing Tempe this year because, uh, our baby's going to be born. And there's also this really cool music festival I'm going to the day before. 
<laughs> so I don't think that's going to work out, but that's why I moved it to Maine. Favorite and least favorite part about each leg of the race? Uh, great question, and I'll make this as quick as I can. Favorite part of the swim is the feeling when I get out of the water. Feeling so accomplished that I did something hard. Um, least favorite part of the swim is just the swim. Uh, just the... I don't mind it, but it's, it's it can be kind of long and your face is in the water and it can feel a little uncomfortable. Um, so that's probably my least favorite part. And then like sometimes I'll... I, thank goodness I don't really panic anymore the last few races that I've done um, because I've learned some tips that I've already shared with you. But uh, yeah, so so I would say it's kind of just, just being in the water, um, not my favorite. Uh, favorite part of the bike is that feeling when you come off of the swim and you're wet and you get on the bike and you're flying and the wind is blowing against you and you just feel awesome. You just feel like you can conquer the world. It's really fun. And like those downhills are super fun. You just, you just coast. And at one point I think I was going like 35 miles an hour. Um, kind of scary, but a rush and super fun. Least favorite part is kind of towards the end of the bike. After about 40 miles, you're just beat and you've given it so much already. And then you've got a hill coming up and you're just tired and you're just like, how many more miles to the end of this? And you're just counting down the miles. So, um, that's probably my least favorite. Favorite part of the run is crossing that finish line. I mean, it's so cool. There's the red carpet and the, the announcer and all the people and my family and great experience. Um, least favorite part of the run is it just, it's just after you've already gone for five hours, you're tired, you know, and, and it just, it can be really exhausting. So um, just powering through can be challenging. Uh, how to travel. Oh, we already did the how to travel with the bike. Um, cool. I think that's all the questions I wanted to answer. So um, thank you guys for submitting these. If, if you ever want to know more about triathlon, please uh, reach out on Instagram. I'd be happy to answer those. Um, hopefully I'm not boring you guys. I know listeners of this podcast have come because they're training for a marathon or a half marathon. Um, but maybe this is helpful. Maybe it's not either way. Hopefully it's entertaining for you. And thanks for tuning in. Follow us on Instagram at crummy marathoners. We'd love to hear your feedback and take any questions you might have. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes come out and please leave us a five-star review so more people can join this running journey with us. Our theme song is Change the World by Breck. You can find his music on Spotify, searching B-R-E-K-K. -K.